I have tires. I'm getting them fixed. It's time to get my tires fixed. Howdy, howdy, howdy. How's it going there, everybody? Good to see you. Thank you for being here. Happy Wednesday. Hello, my people. My my people, my sugar people. Oh, let me just uh, do it. That's a little bit better there. There's nothing going on down here, see? There's just, there's, yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm not, I'm not muted. Look at that. That's, man, I haven't been muted in a while. It's been pretty sweet. It's been pretty sweet. My lack of mute, mutational. Some of y'all have been like, damn it, he hasn't been muted. You know, I only watched the stream because of how, uh, how much it bothered me, the things that you were saying, and it brought me solace to know that sometimes you were muted. I, there's probably no one out there like that, but, um, this is like probably like one guy out there. And he wrote me the other day and he's just like, oh, you know, I really appreciate your work, but can't you just change? <laughs> you know, James, your work's been a lot to me, but can't you just completely change everything about you to make me even happier? It's like, uh, no, no, I cannot. Um, we are about to embark on a pretty big series. Did you know that? About to embark on a pretty big series. Uh, the Azteca Mexica series. I've been doing uh, too much reading on this. Um, I mean that by too much. I'm supposed to be writing a book right now. And Rose Triple uh, Seven was nice enough to nudge me in the in a way yesterday. I was like, oh yeah. But I, I haven't been doing that. I've been researching the Vajuzna out of uh, Aztec, Mexican. So you got your Olmecs, but they're older than the Toltecs, right? There's a big difference between there, right? You got your Nazca, Alaska, right? You got your uh, uh, Andean, your Mesoamerican. You've got your Mexican. You've got your, uh, of course, with the Aztec, same thing. You've got your uh, Teotihuanacans, believe it or not, which are there before, and Teotihuanacans. I might have changed that word a little bit, but the people of Teotihuanaca. You've got uh, so many. And in order to understand the fifth son, we need to, I need to fully uh, understand that. I, I wish that we had a show where I could be like, yeah, so like the, so someone asked me to do an episode on the fifth son. And so here's what I figured out. The evil overlords are trying to control you and they're using the fifth son to do it because it's been written in the heralds of time that you will forever be their slave. And it's because they incorporated the spirit of your slavery into this rock. And because the Mandala effect broke the rock, there's no fucking way you're getting out of this. So you're enslaved forever. And I'm going to tell you about how you're enslaved forever in the fifth sun. I can't, I can't do that. Oh, man, it'd be so much easier. Cause I could just like kick back and just be like, yeah. And then, uh, Epstein Island, there's a submarine base and there's kids, uh, being taken underwater and then horrible things are happening to them first, but only after they get to ride on the submarine and the whole time the kid's like, we're going on a submarine ride. Oh wait, you're going to cannibalize my face. Which part of this is going to keep your attention more? And that's the, uh, dilational audience. There's a lot of that out there. You know it. 
You know it. You see it. And so when I when I dive into the Aztec culture, I do the same thing you do that we done. You get to one of those really long words, and you're just like, "Fuck this! Are you freaking kidding me? Who wants to walk around? First of all, your name starts with a Q. All right, Quetzi, Quetzi, sit down. We're gonna have a little fucking talk here, okay? If you want to fit in, I'm not muted, right? If you want to to fit in with the rest of the cornucopia of the archetypes around this world, maybe don't start your name with a Q, all right? And quet, quet, que et zal coat ul is not a fucking name, all right? That's retarded as fuck. I don't know how high you were when you decided when people were just like, hey, hey, what do we call you? And you're just like, quet. Yeah, that's what it is. And it's like, can you repeat that? And you're like, no. No, whatever you think I said, that's what I said. Can you tell me what you think I said? Quetzalcoatl? Yeah, that's that's what I totally what I said. Yeah. Yeah. And I've I've had practice. Quetzalcoatl is actually not that hard. It's not. Some of the names we're going to go into, your eyes are going to gloss over and you're going to be like, why the fuck are we doing this? James, I could be turning to watch some other dude tell me how uh, we're going to run out of food and uh, everyone's going to die and we're going to eat our face off unless we vote. What, why are you making me learn words that start with Q, right? Right? The merciless pepper of Quetzalcatanango. Yeah, see... Quetzalcumquat. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, these are great suggestions. So I'm glad you guys get it. Yeah, we could do a whole Rich from Boston. Yeah, man, this Rich from Boston coming in here where I tell you about the fifth son. So you got five sons. It's because of you that's evil. If you weren't so evil, then maybe you wouldn't be having all this five sons. See, yeah, fifth time comes around to burn your ass because of how evil you are. And there's hey, there's there's all kinds of cool stuff to go on, but we just got a lot to do. I've got over 200 slides in here. I'm not going to subject you all to all of them. I'm only going to subject you to the ones that I have time to fashionably clean before I subject you to the, uh, what's left. So today we're going to talk about the actual uh, object called the Aztec calendar. Today. We're going to be discussing the actual object called the Aztec calendar. And I'm going to present some questions to you. One of which is, is it an Aztec calendar? Or is it a commemorative cutting board? Right? Something that you would order uh, while you're waiting for a plane. Or something from the Sky Mall catalog. You would open up and you would say, oh, look, honey, it's a cutting board. And look, it's, you can put your date in there. We can commemorate our trip by putting our date on this cutting board. And then we'll, they'll bring us the cutting board and then we'll, we'll cut something on that cutting board and it'll be a whole thing. Is, is it a calendar or is it a commemorative cutting board? That's what we're gonna talk about today. And we're gonna, I'm telling you, we're going deep on this and there's other episodes coming. So I, if you think this is the only thing there is to say about the Aztec culture, you got another thing coming, Quetzi. So put your quotal, put your quotal on it. You know, that's coat. The word coat is in there. If you're trying to remember that name, just remember, Quetzi gets cold, he puts on his coat, right? He puts his coat on because he's cold. And then if you can't remember the whole word, just think about uh, a koala bear. Quetzi koala bear. That really fixes the name for it because you get the quaddle. It's, it's a koala coat. 
is what it is. It's a koala kotal is what it is. Some of you already know that, but let's get started, all right? Let's get pumping. Let's get pumping. We're going to be talking about why you need a, a heart to fire the sun. But it, before we get there, I need to, I need to, we need to go back. We need to go back. You know, the Byzantine calendar says creation began on September 1st, 5509 B.C. The Hebrew calendar says creation began on October 7th, 3671 B.C. The Mayan calendar says creation began on August 11th, 3114 B.C. All of these dates are menacingly intriguing. All of them, in my little humble opinion, which is not humble at all, I believe that time, we will soon discover that time is a construct of memory. Hear me out. And the Aztec sons confirmed this. Time is a construct of memory. If you did not have the capacity to remember what just happened to you before, you would have no time. So time is the fluid medium of memory extricating itself into your environment. You are literally seeing the tracers of memory in your past. Now, you can't directly perceive your past, but you have all this evidence that you've mounted prana to that says this photograph was when I was seven years old. And that is not actually time. It's memory. It's memory. And it's the only way you can ever touch this matrix is through this memory. So when you're looking at what time is, when you're looking at what calendars are, you're really looking at the same thing, which is simply the essence of persistent memory. You know how... You were born and you die. And not a lot of us are like, yeah, there's Steve. He died 12 times. This is his 12th steving. Oh, really? What happened? Yeah, when he was four, he died for like three weeks. And then when he was like eight, he died. For, he was like out for like three years. He was dead. And then when he was in his 20s, he was out for two months, a couple times. That doesn't happen. We have a beginning and an end of our lives. It's a, it's a circuit it's very much like a circuit. It's no different than when you connect to a, a network. You're saying, hey, network, I need an IP address. And the IP address is, well, okay, I'll give you one as long as you're alive. But if you enter, if you end this connection, your IP is gone. You're going to have to get a new one. And you know what's going to happen. All these people are going to be like, hey, can you tell which of these images is a crosswalk? Can you? Can you tell me which of these images is a crosswalk? Can you do that? Why is it doing that? Because the medium of time is not an objective thing that exists outside of all this. It's built on the fly from your IP address. You get it. You get it. Um, now, when we get into the Mesoamerican, I want you to guess what? You're going to find an androgene. James, not, not the androgyne again. James, why are you always talking about junk touching each other? Why? It's like, because this is our creation. From the Kichimaya, the world was created in the beginning by the begetter, known as the heart of sky, heart of earth, a dual-sex deity who is both mother and father to all worlds. The Aztecs had a similar deity, Oma Te Teotl. Oma Teotl. If you have trouble with that, think about omelets, right? You said you're, all your body parts are spread out on the earth like an omelet. You've been broken 
and spread and and just life is just like bursting forth like oh i am over here and i'm over here <coughs> excuse me that's the god of duality it's also a single entity and a male female pair right omoteotl breaks into don't worry about it but omoteutli and omekutl basically the male and the female counterpart but check it out the female counterpart that broke out of that omoteotl is a dual gendered entity also it's the goddess of twos. So it's twos upon twos upon twos upon twos. And if you remember, we talked about that. The twins have twins, have twins, have twins. Now, in order to get this, I need you to understand that you're seeing a lot of different uh, machinations of really the same thing, which is Gaia. So if you think about the uh, uh, titanical, the titan reign, uh, and Gaia herself, uh, Greek, Roman, uh, Sumerian, the essence of these base resolutions all start with this sort of Gaia-esque figure. Talal Tekutli, Talal don't worry about it, ready? And then Amuleto, you can just call him, just call him Amuleto. Amateotl, you can just call him Amuleto if you want. And Talal Tekutli and Chamalma. All three of these are this primordial, oozing, Gaia-esque type figure. And it, it, just, just realize that this same Gaia-esque figure... And look at, look at omelet, uh, omelets, between omelets, crotch here. You got the snake and the plume. You, 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 you've got both. You got all kinds of uh, junk happening all over the place, right? <clears throat> One thing really cool I just think is really neat about this, we talk about this with our new moon fires that we host, is that... Uh, Talal Tekutli. Actually, uh, this was buried upside down. The, to celebrate and venerate the spirit properly, this Gaia S, this is a pretty big, uh, pretty big stele, and it's actually laid face down. So it touches the earth. And we've talked about the new moon fires, how. James, uh, what, what can you? What are the rules for the new moon fire? First of all, there's no rules, but you're having on new moon. But why? Because if you are the Earth and you are looking straight up, because that's all you can look to in the medium of sight, let's say, would be out into the air. You would find that there's a circle of heat that's burning everywhere. There's a campfire. And you, knowing that that was you and that was your skin, you would not only notice that there's a circle of rocks, of warm rocks with a pulsing of fire, but you would notice that that pulse is happening every new moon on the same spot. And Gaia feels that pulse that you're intentionally putting into the ground. And that's why having a new moon fire is awakening the land. What do you do when you give CPR to a patient? Boop, boop, right? You give compressions. This is a heat compression. It's the, probably the oldest Aztec ritual in the world is you having your own new moon fire. And understanding how you talk to Gaia is, is really uh, best understood as, as picturing this stele, this giant beautiful stele that, that, that you carved, your village carved and drugged by hand, and you literally are laying it face down into the dirt where no one else will see it but you. It gives you that essence of, of, of where that spirit is. This is another imagination of Omateotl. And if you remember our Adam and Eve, uh, I showed you the same drawing all over, everywhere, 
of this twinning splitting splitting apart, right? And Omateotl, literally that name means two gods, right? Teotl means God, Ome means two. In, in this language, it means that. And that these two were giving birth to twins who were giving birth to twins who were giving birth to twins. You know what you're looking at right here is Abraxas. You're looking at Abraxas and Meso, Mesoamerican Abraxas right there. I want to remind you all that uh, the world started out of a act of patricide that Kronos uh, crawled under the uh, legs of Uranus <laughs> and to uh, avenge his mother Gaia and cut the scrotum of Uranus. And the spilled milk, the foam that fell out of that led to Aphrodite, led to so many other beautiful things that occurred. Well, that patricide has a matricidal equivalent in Mesoamerica. And that Quetzalcoatl notices that his mother has been dismembered. No, and, note, and here's what, what this means. Quetzalcoatl, just as Kronos recognizes that Uranus's balls were cut, Quetzalcoatl recognizes that the connection of the scrotum touching his mother was cut. Both are seeing the same thing. Uranus and Mixcoatl. All right, so if you... Uh, whenever you see the word kotal, even though I'm telling you about the koala, that means snake. Right? So quetza is plumed. Itzka is uh, white blooming. So these are both aspects of snake, of heavenly snakes. Itzka mixed koatl and Uranus were both sky, and the earth below them, Gaia, and Tlaltecutli, right, which is just a manifestation of Omatillo, of Amuleto, right? Just the man same thing. So you have the exact same origin story built off the exact same pier. <clears throat> Omateotl gave birth to Chimera twins. Chimera twins. Hutzalopochtli and Quetzalcoatl were... Tast, the, the children of Omateotl, each of them were twins. Um, actually, it's possible you could argue that Hutzalpochtli was not a twin, but Quetzalcoatl was a twin and a twin, you'll see in a second. And that uh, um, uh, this figure called the Two Lady, Lady of the Duality, was required. So even though you have the duality inside, you're giving birth to the androgyny. You're giving birth to the hermaphrodite. Quetzal was a hermaphrodite. You, do, you heard it here first. Quetzal was a hermaphrodite. There was an aspect of Quetzal, the hermaphrodite, which was split. And you'll see that in a second. The Olmec twins, the Olsen sisters, the Olmec twins, these are actual sculptures. It kind of looks like a 3D rendering from, from this angle, but it's an actual 3D sculpture. These were found facing the east, these are considered these progenitor, these progenitor twins, I should say, the creational creatrix twins. The these were found at El Azuzel, wherever that is, uh, which actually I know where it is, but it, it's uh, it's actually like this really cool little bowl, the the bowl head of Mesoamerica. There's like a little spot where if you could rest liquid, it would be where the Olmecs were. But it's not the only twins; these same sacred twins 
were uh, in the Maya, in the Popol View. Popol View. Popol View. Vu, sorry. Popol Vu had this same uh, aspect of this creational hero. Not only were these guys twins, I used to, I knew how to pronounce this yesterday. I, I bet I don't now. Hunapu, and it's this other one is actually makes sense, but it's weird. Ex ex balanke, balanke, ex balan balanke. Doesn't matter. But these two twins, their father and their uncle, were what they were also twins. And just to remind you, these same figures, Osiris and Set, are built into Quetzalcoatl and a new figure we're just talking about now, Zolotl. I'm sure I'm pronouncing Zolotl, that dude. This is, this is Set. You could call him Anubis. But it's set. The brother of Osiris, right? Outshone by Osiris. Which is why Quetzal not only is a hermaphrodite, Quetzal's the morning star, Luciferous. And his brother set as the evening star, Noctiferous. I'm not I'm not the one breaking this Quetzalcoatl being Venus. It's actually pretty pretty deep in the calendar. One of the reasons why is because the Aztec calendar, not the Aztec stone, the counting of days, Tonalpohuali. Uh, had this cycle of 20 and 13, these uh, uh, units, they're called Benets or something, but uh, uh, the point being that this is based on a 260 uh, day cycle. And that the 260 day cycle is lined up with Venus, signed up with the human gestation period, and signed up with the Mesoamerican agricultural cycle. All those things. I need to shut my door. Hang on a second. Gotta make sure we're solving out there. Gotta make sure there's all kinds of... Hey, hey guys, we could be operating power tools right now. It's like 11 o'clock. Hey, you're right. I got a saw. Okay, bring it over. And as I was saying, this Venus uh, cycle... Um, was actually called this, it had his own word for it, this Olin, which you're about to see, uh, now Hui Olin, the four movement. Um, and it's, if you're looking at the Venus cycle, you see there's this birth, this adulthood, prime, death, goes into the underworld, there's a resurrection, a fullness, and a quickening again. This is the interplay between Quetzalcoatl and his brother. Um, and this symbol... Olin is actually the central part of what you and I call the Aztec calendar. But is it a calendar? Is it a calendar? Is it a human butcher block or a stone day planner? Modern archaeologists, such as those at the National Anthropology Museum in Mexico City, believe it is more likely to have been used primarily as a ceremonial basin or ritual altar for gladiatorial sacrifices than as an astrological or astronomical reference. Whoopsie. Yeah, that day planner, yeah, it's uh, it's been used to sacrifice virgins. Hey, I, I hope you don't mind, honey, I used your day planner. I had to sacrifice a virgin baby out back, and I needed your day planner to, to do one on top of. Now, this is actually the stone of Aksayakato, right? Sunstone. 
originally called the Eagle Bowl. And you'll there's two eagle claws on either side, which shows you that. And it was a commissioned commemorative plate, remember? It's a commemorative cutting board we got from the Sky Mall magazine. And they had it sent. It was a lot bigger than I thought. I, I saw it in the picture. I thought it was like maybe a large pizza. No, this thing's huge. Yeah, it won't even fit on the elevator. The doorman, he's all upset. He's like, Mrs. Frank, your, your package is here, but there's no way it's going to fit in the elevator. And I went downstairs just like, this is absurd. This is absurd. And I saw it. I couldn't believe how big it was. I tried to send it back. UPS guy told me to fuck off. Can you believe how rude these young people are these days? Can you believe that? Can you believe that? By the way, we're doing a lot of uh, mixing of Aztec and Maya, Olmec, Toltec. They're, they're, it's I, I make no apologies. I don't even think that uh, that we firmly know. There's certainly, you know, we've cracked the Mayan language just in our lifetime. We have a pretty good idea, but not completely over what all the Aztec language says. We have no idea what the Olmec writing is. We have writing, but we have no idea what it says. I am only I am jumping between these cultures because I want you to see things that, that are the same, despite how different they were, just so you know. I'm not a traditionalist. I'm not a racist, Autumn, okay? I'm not in here to go, yeah, we're not going to talk about the Mayans, because we're talking about the Aztecs. Or we're not going to talk about the Aztecs because we're talking about the Mayans, right? Uh, we're, we're an equal opportunity uh, uh, thing here. By the way, Quetzi, Aztec, Maya, Olmec, Toltec. Someone tell me if I'm wrong, but I've seen instances of that thing in all four. And if you remember the uh, Serpent of the Rainbow episode, we tracked Quetzi through all these different Native American tribes too, which means it's kind of like segregation historically when we pretend that these things were separate. I mean, certainly there's great to see the nuance in between, but uh, I'm just saying that, that there's a, a, some beautiful bleed over, which kind of helps you get a, a raw picture of, of what it's looking like. So, uh, right, really upset UPS man told, so rude telling her to do that but here's that symbol and it's the center of the calendar that ulin and not only is it in the center of that calendar it's actually one of the there's a uh, a circle of days and outside that circle is uh an outer ring and it has that same uh quincuncy and this quincuncy is really important because in my opinion the quincuncy is showing you that there's a spiraling happening. It's the only way you would know that there's a spiral. And how does that occur? Because if you notice, there are four points around a central node. That central node is called the movement. It's called the movement. And I think what you're looking at is, is that four corners are, are, are breached, and then you're climbing to the next rung. And, and I think you'll see that coming, making more sense here in a little bit. You know, when they first found the cutting board, they set it up against this church. They, everyone was convinced that this was a day planner, that this was a day planner and they, and people had it up on the wall and, and you would walk by in the village and go, yeah, me, meet you at seven deer. Don't be late. 
you know, or do you have, uh, do you have the contract? Cause, uh, you know, six rabbits, uh, coming up here pretty quick. You know, we got, uh, we got things to do. Hey, don't be, uh, dawdling just because it's, uh, uh, wind, just because it's wind day, you know, like get it Wednesday, when Wednesday, there's a joke in there. Uh, this same symbol, Olen, it's marked here. This is the coronation stone of Montezuma, Montezuma, as many of you will call him. And these hieroglyphs actually, or, or these symbols actually say the date, July 15, 1503. If you notice the circles, okay, in the four corners here, you notice that there are four little dots around the jaguar in the top right. There are four little dots around the wind god in the top left. Four little gods around the uh, rain god, bottom left. And four more dots, oh, I'm sorry, around the jaguar down there. This guy was the uh, probably river flood. And that th this, is, this is a day planner. This is a calendar, what you're looking at. This would be a date marker, right, marked on this date. The top of the calendar has this 13 read. And this is said to be the birth of this fifth son. So this is more of a commemorative thing saying, on August 29th, Ricky Bobby realized his dream of winning his first NASCAR Gold Cup. And he stuck his tongue out and said, woo, fire. I got a bobcat in my pants, right? It's that that's really more what 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 you're looking at here. Just with a lot more drama, you know. It's a lot more drama, of course. People were bleeding on this thing. The central figure, some will say, is Tonatiuwa, the the god of the fifth son. Many will say that. However, also some will actually argue that that Tomatia is not who we think it is, that actually this is Gaia. This is that same Oma Omoteoto, right? That this is that same goddess, although it's not Omoteoto, the, the Aztecs had a different name for that one, but we won't go back, but you saw it on there. It's, it's the Gaia. That Gaia is waiting for, and keep in mind, before when it was like, it's a day calendar, it was like, it's the sun god of this sun, and, and once people realized, no, people were totally like getting their hearts put on this, and like blood would fill up inside this guy's face right there, and uh, they started to realize, you know what, that's probably more Gaia. Probably Gaia. In fact, it's not a tongue. It looks just like a tongue. And I don't have a problem with you calling it a tongue. I'm not going to be like stalking you at a cocktail party to go, dude, I cannot believe that you think that's a tongue. What is wrong with you, dude? Think You probably think that, that it's a calendar or you probably think it's a tongue. And, 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 and it's, it's totally fine. Uh, but this is a paternal. It's a Flintstone knife of justice, which is hilarious because if you picture Fred and Barney like going all crusader and shit and like wielding their knife of justice it would look like this but that this uh this was a ceremonial knife this eye was placed there for uh for this purpose think about it you're you're animizing that rock right you're giving it a personality by giving it teeth and eyes and holding uh gaia holding that paternal in her mouth, or Tonatiuhu, depends on who you want to believe, holding that paternal in their mouth is uh, symbolically telling you, I am not a day planner, right? I'm not a day planner. 
This is more equivalent to the pirate, right, swimming aboard your ship with a knife stuck between its teeth than it is with its tongue stuck out. I was totally convinced this was meant LSD. This meant, yes, James, you should take more acid. That, and I, I really thought that's what this meant. And this is the animism of this calendar that 2,000 years later, it's still making people uh, have visions. But this is actually closer to, to what we're looking at. It's a ceremonial mask. Uh, some of you may recognize this figure. This is uh, Aztec history. This is uh, uh, Richard Longnose, uh, translated in Nahua, is Riquicuotl, Rick Rick Nozel. But yeah, Ricky Longnose, people just called him for uh, Dick for short. For short. But uh, yeah, uh, Dick, Dick Nose here uh, was like, you know what? Not only do I want to wear, have this coming out of my nose, but I also want to keep this flint in my mouth this uh this was about some serious sacrificing by the way the word paternal that word actually means uh flint-hearted the one who is flint-hearted is paternal don't be so paternal man Jeez, why you gotta be so paternal man you know we only live five sons Jeez, why you gotta be so uh paternal this is probably the coolest artifact ever with the exception of like a giant megalodon tooth which i'm going to find one day on my own because that would be the most powerful magical item in the world in my opinion would be a giant megalodon tooth i just think that so what but this would be up there on the list this is just a little bit darker the megalodon tooth you know could be a happy shark you know maddie the megalodon this is uh, a little bit more creepy this uh, obsidian mirror. So Quetzalcoatl's uh, twin was black smoking mirror. There was a red, red smoking mirror and a black smoking mirror. And the magic of the day was penetrated through this crying device. This is, your, this is your oracle. And when you see yourself in this crying device, as the priest, as anyone participating in the ceremonies, you are covered in blood. You are probably wearing someone else's skin on your face. And you're looking at this. This magic mirror ended up in the uh, properties of Sir John D. When Spain euthanized the Aztecs, saying, you know, these guys are too cruel. In order to combat how cruel they are, we're going to kill every one of them. That's what the Spanish said. Yes, in order to... To demonstrate how much more humane we are we've decided to murder every last one of these fucktards yeah that's totally what happened and which brings us into well what is the actual purpose what is the actual uh, goal of this stone. What exactly does it mean? And I'm going to have to uh, give you a little bit of uh, reality right now. I learned my lesson with the Hopi. If any of you are Hopi ancestors in the audience, I just want to take a moment to say thank you for your service. Appreciate you. And that what I'm about to say, I hope that you will find invigorates 
the veracity that you'll find that I have for you and your culture. But you got to watch out for the Hopi. The Hopi are sacred clowns, Hayokas, right? They will rewrite their mythology while you're in the bathroom. You and the Hopi go to the Mexican restaurant. You sit down and you order some queso because the chips are free and you're like, wow, this is going to be great. You know what? I'm going to go pee. While you're gone, the Hopi is rewriting history and he's going to tell you when you get back that that anyone in a blue Subaru with a license plate that ends in JFD is the destined arbiter of a new world. And when you come back, you're going to realize that your Subaru that ends in JFD now makes you, implicates you in the largest Hopi prophecy that you've ever seen. And as, as the Hopi Hayoka, by the way, he's a Hayoka, he's sitting across from you, you guys are eating chips together, and he's telling you the whole time. So yeah, the sacred JFD will uh, give Bitcoin to this address, and then he slides over a sheet of paper. And you have to be careful about that. That most of America, the historical, the mythology, all the things that we wrote, especially during the blooming 19th century where we were literally believing and wanting there to be anything, anything, even as stick your head in a tree stump, sacred uh, tablets written in gold can only be translated once, but if you lose the recording of the translation, I mean, then I can't retranslate it, but it's like the secret word of God, but too bad, you lost it. But it's okay, because we now have it on this other piece of gold, but it's gone too. All of those things. So it's not just the Hopi. It's not. But you have to be really, really careful. And I think what happened with the Aztec calendar, the whole idea of the world's ending, oh my God, the world's gonna end. Honey, we got to have mad sex right now because the world's going to end. I just saw it on, on the History Channel that, that those kinds of things are naturally built into all humanity. And the Hopi's just no different. I'm not trying to sing you out. Sergio Maga, though, says the Aztec calendar is divided into suns, each lasting 6,625 years. The shift from the 5th to the 6th sun started in July 1991 and will be complete in May of 2021. He's explaining to you that there is this 30-year uh, transitional period between the 5th and the 6th sun. And I, I love this idea. And he's got a book that I read that it talks about the eclipses and how they all line up to. It's really fascinating stuff. It really is. And it just... It just the, the irony I'm about to say this <laughs> it didn't ring true in my heart it, it I really wanted it to ring true I pushed as hard as I could to make it ring true I don't like doing this episode where we're about to go but this is where it's about to go y'all that Olin remember the Venus this entire outer symbol is Venus itself keep in mind Venus is a trickster I'm just saying but but the, this outer ring of 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 this Olin the central part of the calendar here has these four squares, right? And the first square in the top right, just like you saw in the commemorative stone of Montezuma, we've got the jaguar. The top right, we have the wind. Bottom left, we have the rain god. Bottom right, we have the water god. Now, even though all these elements 
or wind and rain, there's actually a lot more happening. There's some fire in there, which we're about to get to, things like this. But this is your most traditional way of looking at it. And this is considered a counterclockwise movement. Beginning with Jaguar, moving into uh, uh, wind, second sun. Anyway, here, here's what Sergio's saying, which I, I like a lot. I've taken the image that we used two weeks ago. The Randall, this is Randall Carlson's uh, mass uh, disruptions, the planet, written about on the world, let's say, written at these markers through the processional zodiac, right? And that this moves counterclockwise the same way the Aztec calendar moves. And at first I got really excited because I was like, holy shit. This thing's actually pointing at a larger celestial thing, which is what Sergio says. That's what Sergio says. Pointing at a larger celestial thing. And it could be. Here, here's, here's where it breaks down, though. So your first sun, let's say that this is Leo. And here, right here, if we look at Randall Carlson, boom, look at all those cosmic impact events. Five of them, boom. The next is Taurus. We've got an impact there. Just one. Second sun. The third would be Aquarius. We had three impacts there. And the fourth, Scorpio. All right. Now, the reason where Sergio fails is, is that Aquarius, the third sun, dies by fire. Let's start over. Jaguar, the first sun, dies by, dies by Leo. Leo comes and devours it all. The second sun dies the wind is so strong it blows man away all that's preserved is the monkey is the toroidal the taurus world the the next sun um aquarius the people become turkeys they're praying for rain so much that the god of rain gets so mad that she decides to rain fire she's like fuck y'all and she destroys the world by fire. The fourth, even though it's called the rain god, the fourth sun destroyed by flood. That fourth sun would be uh, the great flood myths would fit in here in the fourth sun. It would fit in really well. It really would. Which means that the fifth sun was another jaguar sun, the one that you and I are in now, the one where Ashira was uh, removed from the, the, the consort of Yahweh was removed because you were moving to a different transition. This is what I mean by spiral. See, if you go one, two, three, four, where does the fifth sun go? Well, in the calendar, the fifth sun is the center. But actually, that fifth sun is just another jaguar sun. And so the last epic that we were in was the jaguar sun. And we are entering back into another second sun. Now, this this... This one is not a jaguar. It's an eagle, which you're about to see. Which is where I think part of this this idea breaks down, although it's a really cool idea. This would make more sense if it was first son, second son, fourth son, then third son. I'm probably losing you guys there. But if you want to understand the archetypal concept, I want you to look at this. This is what the Aztec calendar is saying. And that the animals associated with this totem, I think, more accurately represent what the calendar itself is saying, what the stories themselves are saying.
because the story of the first son was def- destroyed by the jaguar at the closing of the the wind sun uh the, all that remained was the monkey at the closing of the fire sun all that remained was the turkey or the eagle and the fourth sun all that remained was the fish these are purification rituals placed about mankind that really fit more into the story of the giants yeah the story of the giants This first creation of the universe was done together and without any time difference. When time was not yet counted, nor were the days, years, or ages. This is before time. The first sun is a place where there was no movement. Where time did not exist. Quetzalcoatl's brother, Black Black Texcatlipoca, it was his son. And Texcatlipoca, sorry, had a broken foot and could not uh, produce enough light for the sun. But this was the sun of sunset to midnight. Think about it. This is where the Cherokee begin their day at sunset. The day begins. So what happens during the first sun is you're losing light. You're slipping from the setting sun into twilight. So this is a sun of darkness. Hence the half sun. This is also a a time and a place where nothing moved. What does that mean? Think about what nothing moves means. It means there was no memory. That's what nothing moved meant. That there was an anthropomorphous man that lacked the capacitance for memory. The kind of memory calories that are required to, say, keep a calendar. This was the land of giants, it was described. These giants were dishonest. All they could manage to do was eat acorns. They survived off the acorns from the trees. They had to constantly be watched so that they would keep working, meaning they were not self-motivated. Finally, creation was said to have given up, and the jaguars came in to devour the giants. This is the Nephilim. This is that first people, the carnal, uh, the carnal party that was unleashed in the world where all that mattered, hey, let's seem to set a little mood light, right? Sunset to midnight, set a little mood light because it's time to get some serious, serious giant humping going on. Your second son, was Quetzalcoatl. That was midnight to dawn. This is your Venus, right? What do you see? Venus tells you the sun's about to come up. Luciferus tells you that. This was the time of monkeys and apes. The time where man was learning the pleasure centers of who and what he was. How is pleasure derived through time? Time itself is starting to uh, immolate through emotions. We're starting to have memories of what feels good. We ate pinion seeds then, or pine seeds then. The pine seed, the young pineal, the young gland itself. These were not giants anymore. They were normal-sized people. The winds and the hurricanes destroyed them. The essence of wind blowing across the pyramid, the time itself, Uh, eroding um, took them over and they were left with nothing more than this monkey mind 
this in-the-moment kind of mind. It's still a growth, though, isn't it? It's a different sun sprouting a, a larger creature. When I say larger, I mean memorically larger, right? Smaller in stature, but memorically more, more, uh, more complete. The third sun, the rain sun, Talalak, the god Talalak. We haven't covered him yet, but Talalak's sun. This went from dawn to midday. It was such a hot time, a time of drought. There's a loss over over uh, Talalak's wife. That wife would be the uh, cosmic darkness you could look at. That the people are begging, please rain, Tlaloc, please rain, please rain. And Tlaloc is so upset, Tlaloc says, fuck you all, I will rain fire now. So what happens from the monkey? Monkey, we develop the emotion. What happens in the third sun? The emotions congeal. We start to find that emotions themselves can destroy this world. We are... Learning to live and build a foundation off this new kind of thing. And what survived in this world after the rain of fire, it was turkeys, birds, anything that could fly and stay away from the flames. Just as the monkeys were the only thing that could cling hard enough to the trees to not be taken by the wind, so was the survivor here, the turkey, the one that, that's able to, uh, to stay uh, off of the burning embers of the world. These people ate river reeds. So you went from acorns to pine nuts to river reeds into the fourth sun. This is the water sun. This is the flood story days. These are the days of the flood story. Remember, we've been challenged by uh, jaguar, which is just, can you just procreate been challenged by by monkey can you procreate with emotions we've been challenged by birds can you procreate with emotion yet still rise above them only to reach the fourth sun and find can you survive a loss of land entirely can you live without trees without land nothing but flooding this is the all of these are raising man up. This is what's so important about the central part of the Aztec uh, calendars because all of these are spiraling you up. Your consciousness itself is spiraling up. In the fourth sun, Chalkikuliku's uh, son, this is another Gaia-esque type god, she was crying blood for the loss of her lover. The floods of rain, the... Uh, tears of blood came down and caused a flood and the flooding was was so severe the only ones that survived were fish and sometimes dogs here the people were eating wild seeds so it's a, a celestial elevator and that celestial elevator is rising up it comes back to this symbol comes all the way back to this this symbol right here that the fifth sun is the only sun that moved and that movement is a rising up it is the changing and the rising up it's a, it's a, like an evo psycho psycho evolutionary 
how to grow a human being. After 600 years of inactivity, Quetzalcoatl and Huitzilopochtli began the creation of the world. These were the, the twins, the four twins from the omelette, omelette woman, right? They told him, you guys must build the first man and woman is what they were told. And not only did they do that, they created fire and the sun, but not the whole sun, just the half sun, right? So why, why were they only creating a half sun? I want to remind you all that through all of these suns, every one of them had uh, a male-female pair that were safe to survive, to start anew. Every one of them. And that the reason why you had to be a half-sun is because the startling of human, the youngling of human, is too delicate for such a bright, intense light that you would need a half-sun. You would need something not quite as penetrating to begin this process of growth, this raising up of the crop. Which is why the fifth sun really is the birth of so many things. Our first eclipse happened in the fifth sun. Our first moon happened as the fifth sun. This is the sun of sunset to midnight again. The Cherokee is the dawn of a new day, right? But now there's a new, higher level. You've moved up. You've spiraled up now. You're above it. You're back where the first sun was, but now you have a different set of principles. This is the white sun. Tonatiuh was sun. Uh, this is said to be ended by earthquakes. Um, said that the people ate maize brought about from ants stored inside the mountain. Think about the difference between acorns and maize stored by ants in the mountain. There is a uh, uh, preservation now in the fifth sun. That was not there in the first sun. The ants preserved something. How do you preserve something? You have memory. Do you see what I'm saying? Your perception of time is a function of the calories that you have inside your render engine. If you think about it, you're rendering your past. That's all memory is, is the rendering of the past. And the ability to render the past the ability to have the appetite to even want to render the past requires a spiraling up of four suns to the fifth to the sixth sun in order to get there. It's a process like a greenhouse. At first, there were no people under the fifth sun. The inhabitants of the earlier words had died and their bones littered Mictlan, the underworld. Quetzi and his twin Zolotl, the set dude, right? The... the the dog Anubis dude, journeyed into the underworld to find the bones, and they aroused the fury of the Death Lord. As he fled from the underworld, Quetzi dropped the bones, and they broke into pieces. He gathered up the pieces and took them to the earth goddess, Keokuotl, there's another snake woman, right, who ground them into flour. Quetzalcoatl moistened the flour with his own blood, which gave it life. Then he and his twin shaped the mixture into human forms and taught the creatures how to produce themselves. That is the story of Adam. That's the story of Adam made on a potter's wheel. Entire story is just right there in living color. What do I mean by the fifth son was the only son that moved? 
These other sons were in the sky. Either they were weak or they were in the sky, but they didn't move. We need movement. This is why you know that the, the movement was also the birth of the moon. That uh, two gods sacrificed. The story goes two gods uh, wanted to both be sun. The first guy lacked the courage to sacrifice himself, to throw himself into the fire to become the sun. So his uh, skate, uh, 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 what do you call that? Um, the, the dude who come out of nowhere, the millionaire story, the second, the second dude decides, I do have enough bravery. He jumps in the fire and he shows courage the whole time. He becomes the sun, the one that lacked the bravery, the courage for that. He jumps in the fire after him because now he has the courage and he becomes the moon. And these sacrifices cause the sun to move. The movement of the sun is the sacrifice of your heart to the God. The Mexicans were telling you that the sun and your memory and your heart were the same thing. They were telling you that the essence of, of humanity, writing itself, not on paper, but in this world, is written by the scribe of the sun. That the sun and memory were the same. Why do you think it's a commemorative cutting board? Because the memory of the sun is the entire world. You... Not having memory would have no world. Your entire world would be destroyed by your lack of memory. They're telling you that the first son died because the people that were living there forgot. That they had a loss, a forgetting of something. In the second world, the same thing happened. The third world, the same thing happened. They're telling you the evolutionary uh, journey of memory itself. And there's a good argument to be made that until man was able to even perceive memory in this complex way, the moon did not exist. The sun did not exist. These things did not move across the sky because for you to track movement required a lot of mental focus to watch the sun start in the morning and be here. You, you take that for granted. But think back evolutionarily. Take yourself back to DOS. Take yourself, unroll yourself out of your operating system and turn yourself into Windows 95. Now try and do some of this shit. Go back even further. Take it back to DOS. Take it back to Pascal. And now try and track the sun. You can't. You don't have enough processing power. You can't fathom something that long. But you know why? Because it takes a long time for the sun to start in the morning. It's at least till noon. And that we're, we've taken this for granted how we just thought we've always been able to do this. Raising a human is a profound, great work. Requires a lot. Requires a lot. Sergio, the guy we spoke about earlier, he says, The beginning of this shift out of the fifth sun was marked by the full solar eclipse that was seen on July 11th, 1991 in Mexico City. 
that the fact that a man could see an eclipse was proof that the man could understand things that he could not understand before the West Indies, right? The story of the natives not being able to perceive the ships, having to be explained what the ships are, because it's just something that's so unfathomable. Fourth booster, trying to explain to someone what that booster really is. Trying to explain that, no, you don't see out there on the horizon, you don't see this big shadowy Klaus figure. And the native is telling you, I don't see that. All I see is good time for booster, get sticker. We take so much of, of, of our comprehension for granted. We take so much of it as something separate from the sun. But the sun would be the archetypal symbol of source for every single person in the world. That means it's more than we think it is. The truth is always in the room, and you're seeing the actual plug coming into your head. You're looking down the fiber optic cable. You're looking down the cross-section of a cable, a fiber optic plasma cable that's inserted into your consciousness. And it's this sun. All of this reality is this kind of sun. So the birth of the eclipse was the birth, not of some sort of phenomenon in the sky. The birth of the eclipse was the birth of you. The birth of you being able to have a presence long enough to even understand what's happening. This is just such a huge leap for sentience. And we take it for granted because of where we're at. It reminds me of Donald Trump staring up at that eclipse 2017. It was remarkable how many people covered that. How, to me, that was a ritual. That was a fifth sun ritual, saying that world is over. And Trump was looking straight at it. He wanted you to look at it, too. A key Mexica myth recounts the journey of Vecatl, the wind god, who was an aspect of Quetzalcoatl, a powerful Mesoamerican deal, deity. Again, he travels to, to Miglan, retrieves the bones of his long-lost ancestors. He uh, So let's go back for a second. Ecatl, Ecatl, is the androgyne combined. See, Quetzalcoatl would reunite with Zolotl, the coyote set Anubis dude, when they unite, they become Ekatl. I'm telling you this because the androgyne is... I think that, that it, it would appear to me that the Mesoamericans did a better job of explaining the androgyne. Because they explain the androgyne by just giving it a different kind of name, a label. Does that make sense? It would be the same as... Uh, it's actually in... So it's it's actually in the Old Testament. If you watch my episode, you, you might have even caught this, but no one knows it. That it took until, uh, oh shit, what was it, guys? It was like Genesis 21. It took, it took forever for Adam, the word Adama, for the, for the word red clay to mean red clay, the proper name. Adam wasn't a proper name for a long time, but it was the same word. And so we've lost that. But here it is right here. 
Ehekatl is the combination, the Adam, the, the androgyne of that, going into the underworld, literally pulling forth from the Baphomet what's required to rebirth a new race. Now, does it say Baphomet? No. But if you look at the Ark of the Chimera, what the Baphomet was, what we explained it as, it's just this Ark, Noah's Ark, that uh, uh, Quetzi was tapping into Noah's Ark to pull from the library what's required for the next human. Why? Because he didn't want to start over with giant acorn-eating guys that had no concept of time. He didn't want to start over with an atom that could take no more than dusk or twilight. That the source information that comes at dusk is less than the source information of the fifth sun. Who has four suns to wade through? And then there's the whole watching them drown, watching them burn, watching them dehydrate, watching them be devoured by lions. Why don't we just build an Ark of the Chimera? We'll preserve one of these humans. We'll restart over with a different sun, with a different kind of consciousness. It's showing you. It's showing you the importance of this preservation. That when the fifth sun dies, there is a, an essential part of that's built into man that says we must survive we must survive we must survive we must build an ark we must build an ark and that ark will change from earth air fire and water earth jaguar right air uh 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 wind with the monkeys right fire uh raining of fire from the uh jilted lever and water the floods fish fish eagle Monkey, jaguar. Importance of preservation. Preservation on July 4th, 1998. I got this Dale Earnhardt comparative plate because I was there. I was there at Motor Speedway. And somebody died that day. Somebody on the pit crew died that day. And I have a plate, a commemorative plate from the day that that guy died in the pit crew. Do, do you understand what the Aztec calendar is now? Do you understand? It's a commemorative cutting board. It's a cutting board. I'm here to tell you that the fifth sun is E equals MC squared. The fifth sun is that your perception of something is the C. And that your perception of something multiplied by the mass, the matter that you see squared, is equivalent to the energy required from your heart to generate that sun. E equals MC squared is the ego clutching the heart, which is the symbol on this calendar. This is showing you consciousness. And your day sun is when your eyes are open and your, and your night sun is when your eyes are closed. That you close your eyes to see the world. You do it. Same thing. I close my eyes. I can hear that fucking... Now it's a floor sander they've decided to bring a floor sander outside i think they're probably floor sanding their deck right now right maybe you can't hear it but it's like you can still see that despite the eyes being closed okay this actually uh a new fire ceremony november 24th 2026 we're going to talk about this next time we're going to talk about 
we're going to talk about a lot. <laughs> uh, this is actually a great time to end it um, because the new fire ceremony uh, has a lot of cool things to talk about. Let's see. Um, yeah, it's a metaphor for our souls being worked on. Excellent, Logic Fan. I agree completely. Yes, the Egyptian world is the same as Mickelan. Good job, David. I am the Jaguar. Rawr. Yes, President-elect pressure 609. Monko, just pawn in game of... Okay, yeah, you guys are on it. These are some powerful slides. Thank you, James, for... Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Steve. Yes, uh, all of these are easy to download if you're on Patreon or on JTrue. Uh, all, all the slides are, they're just a lot easier. You can still find them, though. If not, that's fine. Um, all right, we will uh, we'll end it there with the... Uh, can you guys hear how loud that is? It's amazing. How, I think it's like right outside. Uh, can we please convert this stream to an episode like we did with Notre Osiris? I don't know if people see this, uh, see this in stream. This is Rose, by the way. <laughs> hey, Rose, good to see you. Uh, um, hey, guys, can you give me the name of the intro song? I'm pretty sure if you play the intro song and look at the screen, a little box pops up and it shows you this is the song that's playing. Just an FYI for anyone listening. Hey, thanks for the tips, guys. Uh, appreciate that. Wow. It, Rose, you didn't have to tip me. Thank you. All right, guys. Uh, we will see you next time. We're gonna we got a lot to talk about with uh, the whole hard sacrifice thing. It's it kind of dramatic. There'll be some interesting uh, talks about uh, what is the belt sander trying to teach us? <laughs> oh, thank you, Resident Elect. Uh, big big super chat. Uh, so nice to be here. Thank you guys for being here. And uh, yeah, I look forward to to bringing you this this one too. And uh, it is a good time to stop because um, uh, it would have taken too long to go to the next part. Like I said, I've got about 200 slides here. I'm going to try and uh, condense them down. So, James Drew, signing out from the sawmill. I appreciate you all coming here to join us. And uh, we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.